comic fans assemble. Ace Comic Con is coming to the Wamu Theater in CenturyLink Field Event Center June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. Join Avengers stars Thor, Chris Hemsworth, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, and Spider-Man Tom Holland for an epic weekend with more Marvel heroes, stars of The Flash and Riverdale, and WWE superstars. Enjoy 60 top comic creators, 100 vendors and exhibitors, and 30 hours of panel programming. Tickets and information available now at acecomiccon.com. This is the story of the Ewok adventure. You can read along with me in your book. You will notice time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Star Wars fans and Moof Milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 128 of Blast Points. This is Jason. This is Gabe. And yes, later on we are going to be talking about the read-along books for the Ewok movies. We've been waiting for this day to come. This glorious day. Yeah, we've been waiting to do something with the Ewok movies and this is the best way to do it at the least amount of time. If you don't have a lot of time in the day but you need to get your Ewok adventure fix your battle for endor fix <laughs> which we all do it's like when you, you don't have time to work out so you just do like the 20 minute power workout just throw one of these on and you're good to go <laughs> like i need my sindel and mace <laughs> but i don't have time to watch a two-hour movie what can i do well we are here to help you we're going to be listening to it along with you but first there is some exciting news out there george lucas He's talking. He's out. He's got things to say. It began with Mr. Lucas. George Lucas, writer and director of Star Wars. What happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren? He's got things he said a while ago that people are just now paying attention to, right? I think is how it, how it works. <laughs> it's typical George Lucas style. Yeah. Everybody forgot he's still out there saying crazy stuff. He's at, so the James Cameron show, The Story of Science Fiction... Which I think I'm, I might be the only person actually watching it. Hey, everyone else is just po- posting clips from YouTube. Everyone's heard about the show, but yeah, I think you're the only person actually watching it. It comes out of, I believe, like the, the episode where the theme of the episode was uh, artificial intelligence. And somehow this got Lucas on the subject of what he would have done with the sequel trilogy. And what, what, was his, what was his quote? What was he talking about? So basically he's saying... In his words, the next three films were going to get into a microbiotic world. 
but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills and the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. And then he goes on to say, if I'd held on to the company, I could have done it. And then it would have been done. Of course, a lot of the fans would have hated it just like they did Phantom Menace and everything. But at least the whole story from beginning to end would be told. <laughs> when you heard this, what were your thoughts? I would watch that. Yeah. I'm ready for a whole story of like miniature micro microorganisms <laughs> with beards and crazy hats flowing around. <laughs> I don't know. I had no idea what it would be, but it would be crazy. My only deal is when I read that, I was like, he already started setting that up. The last what three, four episodes of Clone Wars, that whole Yoda arc in season six, that's what he's setting up. There's that whole thing where Yoda is on Dagobah talking to floating balls of light Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon is spelling that whole thing out. How are you here? I am a manifestation of the Force. A Force that consists of two parts. Living beings generate the living Force, which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic Force. Show yourself. Can you? I cannot. My training was incomplete. All energy from the living force, from all things that have ever lived, feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything and communicating to us through the midichlorians. Because of this, I can speak to you now. See the future. You can. I exist where there is no future or past. He, he was already getting microbiotic with the whole force thing. It makes sense. And then also, when Yoda goes off to whatever it is, the planet where the Force comes from, and there's those the, the Force priestesses who may or may not be wills, I don't know, that also is getting really far out there into the, the what is the Force and were those things ever really there? You are late. We are waiting for you, Master Yoda. Late? How did you know coming I was? We watch and study all who are strong with the Force in the universe. Now come, if we are to begin. You know, it's almost like he was setting that up in the end of Clone Wars. That far out trippy Force stuff. He's always thinking of crazy stuff. He's probably been kicking that around in his head. He doesn't have anything else to think about. <laughs> when he's waiting to hear back things on the museum, he's probably just thinking about the macrobiotic world of the Force. People got all bent out of shape being like, oh, I'm so glad that didn't get made. Well, that sounds horrible. But it's, if you read George Lucas explaining the way he talks about stuff in two sentences, like he explained those, the, the plots of the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, people would say the same thing. Like, that sounds like garbage. What's kind of cool with that whole idea, too, is it's and I guess I'm OK with midichlorians, too, but it's like. It's keeping the force or not even because not even the force, right? Because that's I think people got confused that he's saying the microbiotic things were the force. They feed off the force, right? It's just the idea that there's cre microscopic creatures that are kind of trying to steer the universe, right? So it's almost like a scientific-ish explanation for destiny and fate, right? Isn't that kind of the idea what he was going for? He goes on to say... Back in the day, I used to say, ultimately, what this means is we were just cars, vehicles for the wills to travel around in. We're vessels for them. And the conduit 
is the midichlorians. The midichlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. The wills, in a general sense, they are the force. See, I'm still really into that. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like arty in a way. It's like a visual representation of something that's not visual. I don't know. It's weird. It's wild. It's Lucasy. Like we say every single week, they never throw anything out. The stuff with Luke on the island, that was all, as we learned from the Art of Last Jedi, that was all Luke, old Lucas ideas. My first thought is this kind of crazy talk would be perfect for a Kenobi movie. If Kenobi was getting crazy with the Force, learning how to come back life after death and all that stuff. And if he's talking to the, the grandmaster of all this crazy stuff, Qui-Gon Jinn, this is the perfect time to get wild with the force. Everyone's wondering what Obi-Wan's going to do in the movie on Tatooine. It's just going to be see him sitting in his house <laughs> talking to Qui-Gon. And every once in a while, Ghost Yoda shows up. Oh, they're going to make the movie real cheap. The whole, this is what's one set, just him in his hut. Maybe he orders a pizza in the middle. <laughs> If if it was just two hours of wild force talk, I would have to wear a rain jacket to the theater. So I'd be sweating so much. You'd have to wear a rain jacket with a really tight belt just to keep all the juices in. <laughs> so you didn't, get your, you didn't ruin the seat. If they are ever going to make a Kenobi movie, and it is Kenobi reflecting on the force and learning about the force, or if he does get in contact with the wills and gets to the the core of it all. And then you counterbalance that to Luke in the last Jedi of, you know, you have another Jedi isolated and alone, but cut off from the force, like the exact opposite of his old master, Obi-Wan Kenobi did. And towards the end of his life, those two movies, then Kenobi and last Jedi would be really interesting things that would reflect each other. I think the funny thing with all this too, is like everyone, Oh, that would be so stupid, but it's like, it's still a George Lucas movie, and even if it was, like, super crazy with microscopic things, there would probably be, like, microscopic bacteria races or something, and it would be, like, the most incredible action-packed bacteria race you ever saw. It'd still be, like, a bullfrog playing a harmonica in it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't be we wouldn't be watching, you know, a movie made inside a microscope or something. Or if we were inside a microscope, yeah, something would be wearing a hat and... Something would burp. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas still got it. He's just keeping it to himself. When you read the full thing of the the transcript of Lucas talking, it kind of sounds like it's grumpy Lucas. Like he was going off. It's like, we're back to work. It's like a breakup. The first rule of the breakup is you don't call anybody. You know, it's like, sounded like he was getting hot talking about it. Like, if I would have held on to the company, I'd get to finish my story. But no, nobody gets to hear my story. I'm just envious whoever... Just gets to hang out with him now, which seems like James Cameron's getting the best of it, of just poke, poking George and hearing what what he's been thinking about. Oh, I still wish wish it was the good old days of like 900 numbers and there was just a George Lucas line you could call and just every day George Lucas would just leave a message of whatever he's thinking about. And you could call and hear it each day and go broke. I had the idea for Ray, but originally... She had really big feet. There was no Poe Dameron in my story. There was just a burping frog. That's going to be the best pilot. You never get to see that movie, The Burping Frog. But I like Oscar Isaac. He seems like a good guy. He's all right. But yeah, like you said, who knows? 
JJ might be reading this right now and be like, oh, it's not too late. Get that stuff in. It could be. We have no idea. Could get crazy. Maybe maybe the Ryan Johnson trilogy is all about this stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Johnson read that and it was like opening up the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Like, oh, like just gold light shined on his face. Well, and for all we know, this this was in the outlines he gave to Disney and those guys have all already read it because it does seem like I think it is kind of the funny thing is you can tell George still cares, but he isn't doesn't seem like he's really paying attention because, you know, seeing how much of his original ideas did end up in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. It's almost like he's not paying attention to what they are using and aren't using in ways. So maybe that's why uh, Trevor couldn't he couldn't make the microbiotics work. So they had to bring in J.J. Like, you're just thinking too big like dinosaurs. You got to get little. It's going to show up. I I guarantee we're going to get some Star Wars movie. It's going to get real weird with it. You thought Last Jedi was weird. Hold on. Just to shake the cobwebs off of people. Get them ready for the real for the real stuff to hit. So let's talk about some Star Wars video game news. That happened. In a galaxy of video games, there is only one Star Wars. Remember, the force will be with you. Yeah, so the big E3 Electronic Entertainment Expo was this week, uh, or actually, I guess last week. EA announced some new Star Wars stuff. Uh, first thing was we're finally getting after um, all the Naboo stuff at launch. We're getting some more prequel stuff. We're getting Geonosis. We're getting Grievous, Anakin, and Obi Wan all for Battlefront. Is it too much to ask for some Coyote Mundi, some Coleman Trebor, oh. some Ala Sakura? <laughs> it is probably too much to ask. They don't even have old Han Solo yet. What about Django Fat? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this because the Geonosis level was always. One of the coolest levels in the old, the old Battlefront 2. So that's exciting. Anything with Grievous. Grievous needs more love. I wish Grievous was on Twitter. Is Grievous on Twitter? Does he have like one Twitter account for each arm? He just argues with himself. Anything anybody says, like another addition to my collection. (laughs) Also, that was the worst General Grievous imitation (laughs) ever. Put that on record. Keep it coming. Yeah, they finally announced another Star Wars game. This one is called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which takes place after Revenge of the Sith. I guess you play a Jedi, potentially, that's hiding from Order 66. And it's just like a straight, like, one-player story-based game. It's not like you got to pay $25 a month and get all the extra stuff and play with a thousand other teenage kids. But the fact that this comes out in 2019 just got me thinking that I I wish it was just an episode nine game. I've been missing the uh, even though they're usually terrible, but just the straight kind of movie tie in games that we used to get so many in the old days. That Revenge of the Sith game, a real work of art. One day we'll do a whole episode just on the beauty of that Revenge of the Sith game. Everybody knew those games were bad. The movie tie in games. And then it got to the point where they just stopped making them because everybody knew they were bad. But now I think it's been long enough that they haven't been making them. 
I just miss them, even if they are bad. <laughs> like there's still something enjoyable about just button mashing your way through the movie a week before the movie comes out. I had the the Game Boy adapter for the GameCube. And so then I was going out and I got like the Attack of the Clones Game Boy games. So I was like, well, I can play them on my TV on the GameCube. That's that's how bad. <laughs> that's how bad it got. Well, it's like I still remember playing the Phantom Menace PC game because it was like the only thing out at that. No, that game. That was something truly special. I remember enjoying it. I couldn't tell you what happened in it, but I remember enjoying it at the time. I think I didn't you get to climb through the ventilation shafts at least? I think at the beginning. <laughs> They've gone up the ventilation shafts. Oh, it's like I'm in the movie. I'm in the ventilation shafts. We'll talk more about that game sometime. <laughs> Dig that one out. Well, I think that's exciting. I, I like the idea of a game set right after episode three. I like the idea of like possibly clone troopers hunting you. I think it has the opportunity to like you could run into a young Kane and Jarrus. That would be really interesting. I guess it could tie in with Solo a little bit too, if they want to get into Crimson Dawn and any of that kind of stuff. It could be really, really fun. And I think uh, it'll definitely have a huge presence next year at Celebration Chicago. Oh, man. And I don't know how I missed this. It's Battlefront. In addition to uh, Grievous, Count Dooku's going to be in it. <laughs> where, where have I been? I, I swear I re- keep reading these articles and I miss how they're Oh, man. Okay. My uh, love-hate relationship with Battlefront is going to move back to double love as soon as... Uh, <laughs> The count shows up. If they have his speeder in there, it might be the greatest game ever made. Oh, oh, oh. they should just put a speeder in and, and have it in all the every mode of the game. Even if it like if you play in space, you can still be Dooku on his speeder. If I could be Dooku on his speeder and do the trench run on the Death Star, that's pretty much. That's all. I, I could retire from from everything. Go live in the mountains. Just drink rainwater out of a bucket. I won't. I'll be ready to go. Dooku on a speeder, taking down Adats with a rope coming out of the speeder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it. Flying, blowing up the reactor in the second Death Star. All of it. <laughs> That's. I want to play. I want to play all the movies as Dooku on the speeder. <laughs> Creators of the Star Wars saga. A bold adventure of courage and daring. Face, we're lost. Where heroes become legends. And the only thing you can be sure of is magic. Lucasfilm presents the Ewok Adventure next. So it is time to finally talk about the Ewok read-along records. The closest you can get now to experiencing the joy, the drama, the sadness of the Ewok films is these records. Because you can't get the DVD anymore. No. And if you find the DVD used, it's like $60 or more. It might be worth $60, but just maybe. (sighs) That's $30 a film, and I think that's just about worth it, honestly. It's cheaper than it would have probably been on VHS when they first came out in the, in the, uh, in the golden days of VHS. They, they used to be on YouTube. They're not on YouTube anymore either. 
Which makes me think maybe there's some plans for Disney's kind of getting their uh, ducks in a row for uh, some exclusive content for the uh, streaming service, maybe. Either that or they just want to erase all knowledge of <laughs> the Ewok films. They don't even want to be able to have anybody be able to watch them either in any way. I don't know. Maybe Lucas did it because he wants to be able to show them exclusively in his museum. <laughs> it's my, my crowning achievement. <laughs> my thesis. This whole thing was just a, a ploy to get a big giant museum to only play the Ewok movies. You go through the exhibits and, and there's just different size frames and they're all just playing the Ewok movies. It's a great, greatest thing I ever made, people. It's art. Stop talking. Look at my art. <laughs> so the original idea for the Ewok adventure, a.k.a. Caravan of Courage, was George Lucas wanted to do an hour-long television special about the Ewoks because his daughter, Amanda... Loved the Ewoks so much, and they just wanted to keep the Star Wars name out there. They wanted to keep it going. So he shopped it around to a bunch of networks. ABC picked it up, the idea, but they said they would only do it if they could do it in like a two-hour movie of the week on a Sunday night kind of thing. So they stretched it out to two hours. Uh, Lucas did had very tight creative control over it after the debacle of the holiday special. But funny enough, the one of the early working titles for the Ewok Adventure was the Ewok Holiday Special. A little foreshadowing. The Ewok Adventure was shot entirely in Marin County, California, the home of Skywalker Ranch, with a lot of it being shot just about five miles away from the ranch in a public parkland called Roy's Redwoods. The narrator on the Ewok adventure, just the film, not the record we're about to listen to, was Burl Ives, who did uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And the film features, for the first time, sleeping Ewoks, where eyelids had to be created by ILM, which then, you know, later, the world-famous blinking Ewoks. Mm -hmm. It all goes back to the Ewok adventures, the limitations of the technology of the time. It was released in theaters Overseas, so for a lot of people and the rest of the the world, this essentially was Star Wars Four. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> and I remember clearly when it aired on TV when I was a kid. There was a deal where the audio was being broadcast in stereo over the radio. I remember that too. It was incredible. Yeah, and I had a Walkman that had like radio on it, and I remember. I think my parents thought I was crazy because I was watching the Ewok movie on TV with headphones on. <laughs> and I remember being like, I've got to get the full experience for this Ewok movie. Yeah, I played it through the stereo and I remember I was like cranked the stereo. <laughs> get the full surround effect of seeing a, a movie at home in stereo. That was a big deal, though. Like TV shows just came out of your TV speaker and there was one speaker on your TV at the time. So it was kind of. I still remember it like clear as day now, so it was a big deal. Come with us now to the green moon of Endor, where the Ewoks are celebrating because Earth kids love their Ewok family hut. What do you say we experience the only way, like we were saying, you can get your get your Ewok movie fix, the read-along records from 1984. We're going to start with the Ewok adventure and we're going to move on to the 
shocking controversial battle for Endor. What do you say we get started and see what's going on on these? All right, let's do it. The tiny forest moon of Endor is home to a race of small furry creatures known as Ewoks. The Ewoks live in simple tree huts and lead peaceful lives. One night, an Ewok family stumbled upon a crashed star cruiser deep in the forest. Deej, the father Ewok, sniffed carefully at the ship. Hearing a tiny cough, he peered inside and found a frightened, sick little girl. Deej held out his paw to her. We've just begun. Gabe, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Ewoks look like Ewoks. I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it, it, for whatever reason, it, it does impress me that they were, you know, staying true to this whole Ewok shared universe back then. And, and it's the same characters in the movies and the cartoon and everything. Everybody makes a big deal about that now with all the movies having continuity. But the Ewok universe has always had continuity. <laughs> Gets no respect, no credit. It was like the MCU before Marvel even thought of it. That's where Marvel got all their ideas. It was from the Ewok shared universe. Yeah, the ECU. <laughs> let's see Let's see what happens next. As the Ewoks gently picked up the girl, a laser blast tore through the cabin. Hey, put my sister down, you overgrown teddy bears. A young boy stood in the doorway holding a laser gun. The little girl coughed. It's all right, Maze. I think they want to help us. Besides, maybe they know where Mom and Dad are. <laughs> well, okay. But I'm going to watch these little fur balls. Let's clarify that Mace is the biggest jerk to ever exist in any Star Wars movie ever. Yeah, he's not respecting the uh, the Ewoks. When you watch the actual films, Mace may be the most unlikable character, not even in any Star Wars movie or Ewok movie, but in cinema history. <laughs> also, Sindel's voice on this record. It's okay, Mace. <laughs> Maybe she'll trust the Ewoks. What's up with that? Maybe she's part Ewok. (laughs) They didn't go into that part of the films, but in the books. It's like, you know, Han Solo. She, you know, she can speak the language. She just knows they owe her a life debt, maybe. All right, let's keep going. Let's see what happens next. In a simple hut in their village, the Ewoks nursed the tiny girl back to health. Deej's youngest son, Wicket, was sitting by her side and holding her hand when Mace came up behind him. Scram! Get out of here, mop face! Wicket dashed over to hide behind his mother's legs. You feel better, Sindel? I don't trust these weird fuzzy things. They can't even talk right. Okay, let's stop for a second. I hate Mace. Yeah, he's definitely staying true to the, the jerkness. You don't scare Wicket. They don't talk right. They smell weird. They don't even know how to shave. Mace, you're on a planet, a woods planet. Your your ship is crashed. You don't know where your parents are. Quit complaining. Yeah, he's a little grouchy. Maybe he's related to Krennic. Mace Krennic. Or he's a distant of uh, Panaka. Distant cousin. Forget it, Sindel. The huts are gangsters. Day by day... Sindel got better until one day she felt strong enough to play with Wicked and his pet animals. But Mace was still uncomfortable with the Ewoks. Listen, sis, we should get out of here pretty soon. Mom and Dad might be waiting at the Star Cruiser. Wicked giggled excitedly. Sindel gasped and turned to Mace. Did you hear that? He spoke. 
big deal. We've got to get back to where we crashed. Wicket cocked his head. Hmm. Late that night, the two children sneaked out of the Ewoks' hut and crept through the dark forest. They hadn't gone far when they heard a low growl behind them. Suddenly, a huge borer crashed out of the woods, its fierce eyes blazing and its sharp fangs bare. Run, Sindel! Head for that hollow tree! The children ducked into the tree just as the creature swung a mighty claw at them. Well, now we know me. Mace was wrong about the Ewoks. They know how to talk right, just fine. Star Cruiser! Star Cruiser! See, if if when Wicket comes back in Episode 9 for Han's funeral, like in my dreams, he can talk now because he learned how to talk in the Ewok movies. I would hope if Wicket showed up in Episode 9, he'd be like, Good evening, gentlemen. It has been a long time since I've seen you. <laughs> He's going to give a speech at the funeral <laughs> about how great Han Solo was. I knew him well. Though it was brief. <laughs> well, I guess it's by episode nine, it'll be Leia's funeral, and he could mention how he he was disappointed he couldn't be at Han's funeral, but he was not going to miss Leia's funeral. She was our princess. We gave her the dress. It was not a mess. Wicket is my name. Singing is my game. He spent the last 20 years working on his English, his basic. Let's see what goes on here. All night long, the Bora tore at the tree, but it couldn't reach the children. Then at dawn, there was a big commotion. Sindel peeked outside to see the Ewoks battling the beast. They drove it back with spears as it snapped at them fiercely. Finally, the brave Ewoks won the fight. May saw a charm hanging from the Bora's neck. Look! It's Mom and Dad's life monitor, and the light's still on! They're alive! But where could they be? Wanting to help the children, Deej took them to Logray, the medicine man. The old gray walk peered into a strange candlelit spinner. Simple stared in wonder as an image started to take shape in the twirling windows. Maze, it's Mommy and Daddy. They're trapped in a cave somewhere, and there's a giant monster there. Maze turned frantically to Logray. Where are they? Can you tell? In answer, the image slowly changed to a set of dark cliffs. See, now the adventure of the Ewok adventure is beginning. It is starting. I do like on the, the so- that they have the sound effects mixed in. It's not just the talking, and there's just lots of just background Ewok chit-chat going on in all these pages. <laughs> I kind of wish they had, like, you know how you can just listen to raindrops and waterfalls and that sort of stuff to help you sleep. I think if I could have the sounds of a Ewok village... <laughs> I'd get way more sleep. I'd feel safe and warm in my bed. <laughs> the soothing sounds of the Ewok village. Logray pointed to a map to show Deej where the cliffs were. Sindel watched as Deej looked to his sons and then nodded. Oh, Maze, they're going to help us find Mommy and Daddy. The next day, Wicket's mother looked on sadly as her husband and sons prepared for their long journey. As they loaded up their horses, Logray paid them an unexpected visit. The medicine man solemnly handed a special item to each member of the party. To Deej's older sons, Logray gave warrior earwings. To Wicket, he gave a magic walking stick. And to Sindel, he gave an eternal candle. Then Logray handed Deej a tooth and a staff crown. Mace picked up the last item. A rock? That's what I get? 
I don't need any stupid rock. Mace tossed it over his shoulder. <laughs> Mace, the original Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you don't need this stupid rock. I could look at Ewok faces all day, every day, I think for the rest of my life. I can't get enough of just their little faces. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Let's see where they go in this exciting adventure. They got Wicket's got a magic walking stick. Come on. They got an eternal candle. Anything could happen. Also, I think George Lucas probably wrote this. If you know that the, the, the eternal candle, people laugh about the eternal candle. You haven't read Joseph Campbell. The caravan wound through the thick forest. Suddenly, a huge tree fell in the party's path. <laughs> a tall, stocky Ewok named Chuka ambled from the woods, proudly carrying his hatchet. Mace faced the furry lumberjack. Hey, you almost killed us. Chuka tweaked Mace's nose playfully. Deej handed the lumberjack the special tooth from Logre. It fit right into a place on Chuka's necklace. The rugged Ewok nodded and joined the caravan. <laughs> Later in the journey, the group came upon Kink, an Ewok priestess. Deej explained their quest to Kink and gave her the staff crown. As a test, the mystic handed the crown to Mace. Magically, it became an ugly lizard. Mace leaped back. Hey, get rid of that thing! But when Sindel picked it up, it turned into a delicate white mouse. Taking the staff crown back, Kink smiled and put it on her staff. A perfect fit. Now there were eight adventurers. I don't want a stupid lizard. <laughs> uh, I really like how the narrator really digs in for Chuka. He makes sure to really, he wants to you to feel Chuka. Well, we got a, a tall lumberjack Ewok, you know? I feel kind of dumb because when I was a kid, I didn't, I hadn't, read or seen Lord of the Rings because it wasn't a movie yet. I guess it was a cartoon, but I hadn't seen it, and I didn't realize how much this is just Lord of the Rings with Ewoks. Oh, it is. Yeah, it totally is. I like it better than the Hobbit movies. I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see what happens next. Mace felt dejected. Nobody takes me seriously. I wish Mom and Dad were here. The young boy bent down to gaze at his reflection in a pond. Slowly, he extended his finger and touched the water's surface. Suddenly, the pond pulled Mace right in. The boy was trapped beneath the pond. Mace pounded on the surface with all his might, but he couldn't escape. Chuka tossed vines and branches into the enchanted pond, but the water just dissolved them. Finally, Wicket timidly poked his magic walking stick into the pond. He felt a tug. Sindel rushed to his side. Slowly, Mace came out of the pond. The boy smiled shyly at Wicket. You saved my life. Thanks. Wicket patted Mace's head. (laughs) (laughs) Another friends. (laughs) It's kind of like when we met and I hated you, but then I got stuck under a, a pool of water and you rescued me. Yeah, and I pulled you out and I tapped you on the head and said, crash, that's... Here we are. <laughs> After the Ewoks had set up camp that night, Mace found a hole in the ground filled with thousands of tiny, twinkling creatures. They were Wisties. With a burst of laughter, they all sprayed up in a dazzling shower of brilliance, lighting up the whole camp. Sindel stepped out of her tent, carrying her eternal candle. 
The Wisties danced wildly around the tiny flame. Laughing madly, they swirled right into the candle and disappeared. Mace glanced at the tall grass near the Ewoks camp and discovered a faint flickering. Why, it's one of the light people. Hey, little one, you must have gotten lost. The Wistie danced about Mace's head, laughing and giving off a soft light. You should have a name. How about Isrina? Here, you can ride in my shirt pocket. Oh, you know, this is really the best way to experience the Ewok movie because this part reminds me of the last time I watched the Ewok adventure. And I remember getting to this part and I remember thinking like, this has nothing to do with anything. So it's better when it's just one page instead of 20 minutes in the movie. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yes. And I still hate Mace. Yeah, he's still kind of a jerk. But he's he's friendly to fairies. He's got that going for him. The next day, the caravan stopped on some rocky ground. There ahead stood the dark cliffs they had seen in Logray's image spinner. Sindel turned to her brother. Whenever we get in a gem, one of Logray's gifts helps us. Where's your rock, Maze? Mace sighed sadly. I didn't keep it. I... Wicked nudged the boy and placed the magic rock in his palm. Thanks, little guy. I guess you bailed me out again. Chuka broke open the rock, revealing an arrowhead which spun slowly and then shot off to show a secret opening in the cliff face. After telling Sindel and Wicked to stay behind, the party followed a rock stairway to a pit covered by thick strands of webbing. Carefully, the group crawled across the pit. Suddenly, a huge spider clambered onto the web. Mace's eyes widened. Quick, we've got to cut the web. Mace hacked at the strands, but the spider was charging too quickly. Kink stepped forward, spinning her magic staff. Dazed, the spider stopped in its tracks. Chuka hacked through the last strand, and the spider fell into the deep pit. We don't have enough giant spiders in Star Wars. No, Rebels tried to help us out a little bit. We got some giant spiders in Rebels. Yeah, that's true. But in live action, no, we don't get much spider. Actually, in Clone Wars, we had the Spider General, too. So animated Star Wars is kind of keeping the spider, the eternal spider flame going. Just But live action, yeah, needs to catch up. I think the accolade's the best we got, right? The most spidery thing we've got. I bet Ryan Johnson's trilogy will have a giant spider. I guarantee it. It's going to be the main character. He's got these books. He's got these books on tape in his Walkman right now. <laughs> his trilogy is just going to be the Ewok trilogy. He's just he's going to finish it and he's going to remake these. I think we're getting to the Gorak, so get excited. Oh yeah. All right. The adventurers crept down the damp tunnel and stopped at a huge doorway. Mace and the Ewoks gasped as a giant shadow passed over them. They were in the chamber of the giant Goraks. Mace peeked inside. That's the monster that captured Mom and Dad. Come on! They slid silently along the wall, watching as the frightening Goraks sat down to dinner. Mace pointed to a cage that hung in the chamber. Look! There are my parents! Bravely, Deja's son, Michi, raced across the chamber and danced in front of the Goraks. Mace watched as the giant angrily chased the Ewok out of the room. We'd better hurry! He won't be able to keep that monster busy for long! The Ewoks dashed across the chamber, rigged up a springboard, and set Mace soaring up into the cage. He hugged his parents tightly. I'm so glad you're all right. Now we've got to hurry. Here, I brought some rope vines. 
getting exciting. <laughs> His parents look so, uh, they look so unhappy in that cage. I feel bad for them. <laughs> like, oh, we were really hoping we'd never have to see you again, Mace. Yeah, like, we're locked up in this cage and they're making us watch your adventures. <laughs> we just keep hoping that they'll eat us. More Gorex coming up. Here we go. Mace and his parents slid down the vines. Suddenly, an angry bellow filled the chamber. The Gorax stumbled back in, still chasing Ouija. Everyone bolted for the door, everyone but Chuka. Bravely, he swung around and charged the monster, hatchet held high. The Gorax tried to snatch the furry Ewok up, but Chuka was too fast. The lumberjack packed the monster hard on the leg. Suddenly, a bright light sprang from Mace's pocket and buzzed around the giant's head. Go get him, Isrina! Swinging at the tiny glow, the Gorak smashed his fists into the wall, sending rocks flying. In horror, Mace saw the shower of stone crash down on Chuka. He dashed over to his fallen friend. Chuka, get up, please! But the wounded Ewok was dying. Chuka smiled weakly handed the young boy his prized hatchet and tweaked him on the nose one last time. Oh, lumberjack Ewok. Dying Ewok still gets gets me a little bit. That's still the saddest part in Return of the Jedi. The one dead Ewok, so I feel for Chuka. We'll always remember you, Chuka. Yeah. Let's keep going. The Gorax was about to grab Mace when Isrina made a dazzling dive at the monster. The Gorax swatted at her madly as she flew around his head. Finally, he dashed blindly out of the chamber. The Gorax thundered down the tunnel. Ahead, the Ewoks had stretched a vine tightly across the edge of the spider pit. With a howl, the creature tripped over the vine and sailed into the abyss. The Ewoks cheered wildly. Sindel appeared on the other side of the pit and waved to the group. Mommy! Daddy! Suddenly, a hairy claw rose out of the pit and reached for her. It was the Gorax. I'll save you, sis! Mace grabbed a strand from the spider web and swung across the pit. He hurled Chuka's hatchet right at the Gorax. The creature plummeted downward for the last time. Always seems like with the the book on records, it's always like, oh man, they had to cut so much out to fit it in the little record. This <laughs> is like we only got like one page left, and they didn't really cut anything out, did they? <laughs> it's all here. You can't when a, when the this is about story, and the story comes first. Well, the story did come first, and it was an hour, and then <laughs> they told them they had to make it two hours. The conclusion of the Ewok adventure. Here, let's see what happens. A joyous celebration was in full swing in the tiny Ewok village. Each of the families was together again. May stepped outside, took Isrina out of his pocket, and softly said goodbye to the tiny glow. Sindel joined him, and Mace took his sister's hand. You know, these furry little guys are pretty special. They split up their own family to help us find ours. You know, I'm glad we crashed here. Wicket slipped his paw into Mace's hand. All right, well, that was the end of the Ewok adventure. What a nice, sweet story. The family is all back together. Mace learned about love and friendship from the Ewoks. Everybody's feeling really good. I'm sure the next story is 
just going to keep this happy feeling going. Let's let's find out what happens in 1985's Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. I'm sure it's going to be really heartwarming and sweet. It was morning on the forest moon of Endor where the Ewoks lived. Wicket, the little Ewok, was strolling through the woods with Sindel, a girl whose family star cruiser had crashed there several months before. Sindel leaves her? I guess so. My father's almost finished fixing her ship. Pretty soon, we'll have to say goodbye. Goodbye? Not good. Seems like everything's going okay. They got to say goodbye. Wicket has learned to speak English. Yeah, in those in those couple months, Wicket's learned to speak English. Sindel's like a moody teenager. I don't, I don't know. We gotta we gotta take off. Whatever. Whatever, Wicket. Hold on, I'm posting this on my Instagram. Goodbye, not good. Facebook, no face, no book. All right, next page. Before Sindel could reply, Wicket stopped and sniffed the air. He and Sindel ran to a hill overlooking the Ewok village. Sindel gasped. The village! It's being attacked! Below them, marauders seven feet tall strode among the frightened Ewoks, burning huts and taking prisoners. Wicked scrambled down the hill. Sindel followed, looking for her mother and brother. Mommy! Mace! Where are you? Then she saw them. Her mother lay injured next to a log. Beside her, Mace was firing at the marauders. But as Sindel hurried toward them, there was an explosion. The log and everything around it were destroyed. Stunned, Sindel ran into the forest to find her father. Daddy! Daddy! Yeah, it's getting a little rough here. The happy ending didn't last. This is kind of like the, the Force Awakens of the Ewok movies. <laughs> Mace's son's going to stab him with a lightsaber. It's getting, getting a little dark. Getting a little dark. I, I think dad's going to be fine. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I need to know what happens to dad. Daddy, daddy. I don't think George Lucas was going through his divorce with Marsha at this time at all. No, no, not at all. No, no. Okay, let's see what happens. Sindel's father, Jeremy Tawani, was repairing the family star cruiser in a nearby meadow. Suddenly, marauders burst from the forest and surrounded him. Tarek, the marauder king, approached Jeremy with the evil witch Shoral beside him. I know you're the keeper of the power. Give it to me now. When Jeremy refused, the marauders tore apart the control panel and found a small metal unit pulsing with light. Just then, Sindel emerged from the forest. Sindel, go back! Dodging laser fire, Jeremy dashed toward his daughter. He was hit, then stumbled into the woods with Sindel. Watching them, Sharal rubbed a strange ring on her finger. In the blink of an eye, she changed into a raven and flew after them. Hidden among the trees, Sindel threw her arms around her injured father. Daddy, they killed Mommy and Mace. Oh, no. <laughs> I know you're the keeper of the power. I know you give me the coaxium. Yeah. Uh, was his voice that good in the movie? I don't remember. I don't remember either. They, they killed Mommy and Mace. And uh, an evil witch just turned into a bird. 
It's when it's you know it's bad when the witch turns into a bird. <laughs> Let's, I just want to put things for for some of the younger listeners out there. In 1985, this was the only Star Wars you had, and you liked it. You had witches turning into birds and whole families getting wiped out. I like too that this book, if you noticed at the beginning, the first the first book had just like a normal movie Ewok drawing, but this one, I'm guessing I can try to remember that that the cartoon was either already out or coming out. So it starts out with the wicket drawing from the cartoon. <laughs> hey kids. You like the cartoon? You're gonna love this. I want to meet a kid from nineteen eighty five who this was his favorite read along book. I love the part where the whole family dies. <laughs> sure. This is, this is Kylo Ren's favorite read-along book. It's very entertaining. It speaks to me. It speaks to my soul. He's, he was writing about it in his calligraphy set. Dear Diary, today I listened <laughs> to the Ewok Battle for Endor. Best thing I've ever heard. It's true drama. Jeremiah winced with pain. Sindel? Remember the story about the little bird who was blown from his nest during a rainstorm? Fly like the little bird and go to Wicket. He'll help you find your way home. But I want to stay with you, Daddy. I'll always be with you. Now go, please. As he ran away, the marauders fired. Jeremy slumped to the ground. The raven saw Sindel and flew toward him. A moment later, Sindel slammed into Shoral. <laughs> <laughs> There's no escape for you, my little one. Now only you can tell us the secret of the power. Sindel was locked in a cage wagon with Wicket and his friends. Trying to escape, the Ewoks pulled up a floorboard, but couldn't fit through. Sindel spoke up. Wicket and I are small. Let us try. They squeezed through and ran into the woods. Sindel's handling the death of her entire family really well. Well, her dad, you know, told her about the story about the bird, and <laughs> she's just kind of running with it. She just saw a witch turn into a bird, so maybe she thinks she's really a bird right now. I don't know. Like I said in the other book, I can look at Ewok faces all day long, and Wicked's face it does not disappoint in that in those pictures. You know what I wish they would make uh, an Ewok like yearbook, and you just go through the yearbook, and it's just all pictures of all the different Ewoks that all go to some Ewok high school. That's what that's what I need. Well, there's still time. Come on, Lucasfilm. Sindel pointed to a hillside cave. Let's hide there. As they climbed inside, two marauders saw them and fired, knocking loose a big rock. Boulders thundered down, burying the marauders and trapping Sindel and Wicket in the cave. The two friends searched for a way out. Look, Wicket, daylight! They ran to the opening and found themselves atop a sheer cliff. Wicket, seeing bones and animal hides nearby, began weaving them together to form a crude hang glider. As Wicket finished, Sindel gasped. Those rocks next to you, they're moving. Wicket, it's a dragon! Using a spear-like bone, Wicket tried to protect Sindel. But the dragon grabbed her in its claws and flew out of the cave. Following in his hang glider, Wicket swooped down next to the dragon. He leaned out, took hold of Sindel, and snatched her from the dragon's claws. Then he guided his craft to the safety of the woods. I love the fact that this huge action scene's happening, and the picture they picked is just Wicket making his hang glider. (laughs) 
like that was the most action-packed picture they could get for the book. I just keep thinking Endor sounds like the worst place in the world to live. Like the whole galaxy, never go to Endor. There's dragons, there's marauders, there's evil witches with magic rings. The Empire was really lucky they landed in the, the spot that they did. Like the one, the one little island of Endor that was safe, and I don't know why the Ewoks moved away from there. I want to hear the story about the the Empire troopers that had to build the the dish on Endor and that whole thing with Adats walking around, and they're like dragons. Seriously, Goraxes. When you were a kid and you're watching Return of the Jedi, I remember thinking, what? Why do they need a giant Adat in the woods? And now we know. Because how to scare off the Gorax and the dragon and the marauders and all that stuff. Really, the Ewoks probably, they never lived so good. They never had it so good, except for when the Empire was there. He's never had it so good. Sindel and Wicket spent the night in a hollow tree trunk. The next morning, a small furry creature named Teak awakened them. Sindel thought he might be able to help. Food? <laughs> Darting ahead, the creature led them to a small cottage. <laughs> Following the creature through the door, Sindel glanced around. I like this place. Let's stay for a while. <laughs> Just as they were settling in, the door burst open, and a man with a white beard stood glaring at their furry friend. <laughs> Teak, I told you to keep strangers away from here. <laughs> They'd better be gone by the time I count to ten. One, two... Sindel took Wicket's hand and they left the cottage. Are you, are you sure that's not you doing the Wilford Brimley voice? <laughs> Is there something you aren't telling me? They better be gone by a count of ten. One, two, <laughs> ten. You know it's good when we've just met Teak and Wilford Brimley. Yeah, in, the, in two pages. I think when I was a kid, I thought Teak was just an Ewok. Has it ever been clarified what exactly Teak is? This book says he's a creature, doesn't he? Wilford Brimley's a creature. Don't question, don't question what I am. That evening, as the two friends huddled by a fire, oh. the old man ran from the cottage and poured water on the flames. What are you trying to do? Burn down the forest? Sindel shivered. It's cold, and I was afraid. The man frowned at her. Any fool knows the proper place for a fire is in a fireplace. Come back inside. Noah, the old man, agreed to let them stay if they helped around the house. Soon, Sindel noticed something very strange. Every morning, Noah goes off and doesn't come back until sunset. Wicket, let's find out where he goes. Okay. They followed him to a huge metal object covered with vines. It was a star cruiser. As Sindel climbed the steps, Noah saw her. You should never have come here. No one knows about this. That's my secret place. <laughs> I I feel bad for Sindel because she because it was kind of horrible that her family had to die, but at least her jerk brother isn't around anymore. But then she <laughs> immediately meets like the old man version of her jerk brother. I hate everybody and everything. Stop touching my stuff. <laughs> Grumbling, Noah took Sindel and Wicket back to the cottage where he told them his story. It seems like a lifetime since Captain Selleck and I crashed here. Our power unit was broken, so Silek went off to search for another one. He never returned. Now I'm stuck here, and I'll probably never get home. Sindel rested her head on his shoulder. 
I'm stuck too, Noah. Maybe someday we can go home together. After dinner that night, Noah showed Sindel a wooden flute he'd brought from home. She thought back to what he had told her that afternoon. Noah, is Captain Salak dead? I think so. He must be. My family's dead too. They're gone forever. No, Sindel. They're still with you. Here. Noah tapped his heart. Remember what they said and did. They'll always live in your memories. <laughs> she should have grabbed the flute and threw it over her shoulder. I don't need this stupid flute. <laughs> Do you think Noah used that flute to fly his spaceship? It's just like in that movie, Prometheus. Did you see that little girl? That's a good movie. I even like the second one, Covenant. Nobody likes that. Love me. Sindel awoke the next morning to the sound of a familiar voice singing. Mommy? Is that you? Following the voice into the forest, she saw a beautiful young woman in a white robe. Beside her stood a handsome white horse. Come to me, my little one. As Sindel approached, the white robe suddenly turned black, and the lovely smile became an evil grin. It was Shalal the witch. Let me go! Wicked! <laughs> I told you there'd be no escape. Shalal took her to King Tarek's castle, where Tarek showed Sindel the power unit from her father's star cruiser. Now use your magic to bring the power to life. But I can't. It's just a part from a star cruiser. Take the power with you. And make it work. If you don't, you and the Ewoks will be doomed. He pulled the ring off Sherelle's finger. And you, witch, will die with them. <laughs> Throw them in the dungeon with the Ewoks. And the power is the god in the dungeon in the dungeon in the Ewoks. The Ewoks will be doomed. Man, it's getting good. This is a weird book, especially because they say the horse was handsome. Like in a book full of weird stuff, that might be the weirdest part. I didn't know horses could be handsome. I didn't know there were just regular horses in Star Wars either. Jason, that was just magic. <laughs> it was the the micro microbial wills manifesting as a, as a horse. I don't care anymore. It was never science fiction and science fantasy. Let's go. Meanwhile, Noah, Wicket, and Teak had followed Sindel's trail. Noah threw a rope over the castle wall. Okay, you two, up and over. I'm right behind you. Inside, they crept down to the dungeon where Teak stole the keys and freed their friends. Sindel gave Noah the glowing power unit. Noah's eyes opened wide. This is the part I need for my ship. From the throne room, Terak heard noises below. Guards! Come with me to the dungeon. By the time the marauders reached the dungeon, the prisoners were gone. Tarek grabbed Chiral. You help them escape. For that, you'll die. Wait, Tarek. I heard them say there's another ship. If you let me fly after them, they'll lead me to it. Tarek slipped Chiral's ring onto her finger, changing her into a raven. Then he tied the ring to a cord around his neck. Find the power. Then I'll let you have the ring back. 
good story, right, kids? <laughs> I I don't know. I could listen to Tarek talking to a raven for at least a good ten or fifteen minutes. Find the power. Ah. Ah. Uh, ben Solo's favorite story. When she turns into a raven, it gets so dark. Guided by the raven, Tarek's soldiers followed the Ewoks to Noah's star cruiser. Noah placed the power unit in the control panel. They should activate the weapons. The panel sputtered and came to life. The ship's guns roared. Fighting off a band of marauders, Sindel and the Ewoks ran to the ship. The Ewoks made it inside, but when they looked around, Sindel was gone. Noah and the Ewoks peered out and saw Terek holding her. Old man, I have the child, and you have something of mine. Noah came out clutching the power unit. Harm the girl and you'll get nothing. Release her and I'll fight you for the power. Terek let Sindel go and she ran to Noah. The Marauder King stepped forward. The power, give it to me. If you want it, you'll have to take it. Noah charged straight at Terek. <laughs> it's everybody's after that coaxium. Yeah. Also, something that's in the the movie that's not they didn't put in the book. While they're in the prison in the movie, they see a skeleton chained to the wall, and Noah realizes that that's his uh, his buddy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Well, I guess my buddy's dead. Everybody dies in this one, I guess. <laughs> Noah hit Terek with his walking stick, but the king recovered quickly. Swinging his sword in a tremendous arc, Terek broke the stick in two. You're finished, old man. Wicket dug into his pouch, found a rock, and placed it in a sling. He whirled it around his head and sent it flying toward Terek. It struck the ring that hung from Terek's neck, smashing it and driving the pieces deep into his chest. Terek staggered and fell. As Noah and the others stared in amazement, the Marauder King writhed, twitched weakly, and turned to stone. Stunned by the loss of their leader, the Marauders fled into the woods. The raven rose into the air and flew away, pawing sadly. Now it could never change back. And then the sad bird. Did Ben Bird do the sound on these? I wonder. I hope so. The, the gripping conclusion. At last, Sindel and Noah could go home. As the Ewoks gathered around the Star Cruiser, Sindel hugged Wicket. You're my best friend. I'll be back. Noah said goodbye to Teak, then took Sindel's hand. It's time to go. They climbed into the Star Cruiser. Wicket and Teak stood together and watched as the ship rose through the trees and streaked across the sky. That was quite a story. Bye, Noah. Bye, bye. I need the power. He walks. I, I can never get over how dark the battle for Endor is. Yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty cold. <laughs> really? Then, then she just flies away with a kind of a creepy old man she barely knows. She should have just stayed and lived with the Ewoks. Yeah. That's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. Yeah. I'd still be there 
with the Ewoks. But I think in the EU, didn't Sindel became like a news reporter or something? Yeah, she did. I think she was on like Coruscant, like reporting on uh, the doings of Palpatine or something. Yeah. In the end, there was a happy ending. She found a she had a successful career. I hope you enjoyed our journey through the Ewok read-along records, books on tape. Yeah, it's definitely the best way to get your Ewok movie fix. Star Wars Return of the Jedi Collection, New Wicket, W.R.C., and Princess Nisa, each sold separately. Quiet, Nisa, here comes a biker scout. Jerome St. John Blake. Um, I played Masamida, Rune Harko, Oberansesis, and a few other guys in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. And I'm standing here with Gabe from Blast Points Podcast and uh, looking forward to my debut appearance on his show. Watch this space and may the force be with you. And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So iTunes reviews, we got one new one, which we'll be getting to soon, but you should always leave us another one so we can read your review on an upcoming show. All you got to do is when you're done listening, head over to iTunes and write a little something and we'll do it. We'll read it on a show. Yeah. And check out blastpointspodcast.com for Darth Field episodes, recipes, theme music, order a t-shirt, whatever you want to do, you can do it as long as it's on the website. If there's something you think we should have on our website, let us know that, too. Um, otherwise, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and definitely join the Facebook super fun group. A lot of wild stuff continuing on in there. So uh, let us know if you want to join, and we'll hook you up. Yeah, there might be some uh, exclusive stuff for members of the Facebook group coming up soon. Which, speaking of, when this episode comes out on Tuesday, this weekend... We are going to be live in Seattle, Washington at the Ace Comic-Con doing two panels on Saturday and Sunday. If you're planning on coming Saturday, our panel starts at 445 and that's going to be the best of the weird with Blast Points. We're going to have an audio video spectacular. And then on Sunday, the panel starts at 215 and both of those are on the second stage and the Sunday one is going to be Rusty Miller trivia. And yes, we will have prizes that you're not going to believe and potentially live contact chip playing all your dreams coming true and yeah so i know usually episodes come out on tuesdays but next week 
I don't think it's going to come out on Tuesday. You're going to have to just bear with us where because we're full, our, our flights home from Seattle are kind of brutal. There'll be an episode next week, but probably not on Tuesday. Check the Facebook and the Twitter and stuff, and we'll keep you updated on when an episode should be coming out. But we'll hopefully have lots of audio from our adventure at Ace Comic Con to, to share with folks in the next couple weeks. But that about wraps up episode number 128 here, the Ewok Read-Along Adventures. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, thank you. We will maybe see some of you in person. And for everybody else, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. If you take Ewok and you flip the M or the W into an M and swap it with the K, it says smoke, <laughs> which for a second I thought was Snoke, but Snoke is an N, not an M. So forget I said anything. <laughs> I'm losing it. That was the end of the story. May the force be with